Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. The Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 165 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Today we speak to a young man targeted by the feds because he is a Trump supporter. Also, a little bit later in the program, are rhinos rolling over for the gun control crowd. That's all coming up. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. And this is one of the few talk shows in America that on a regular basis talks about the uh, political prisoners of January 6, 2021 how the Biden Justice Department is persecuting people for being Trump supporters. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. All right, without any further ado, I'd like to welcome our next guest, McKaja Jackson, to the program today. Uh, he has been on the show once before about his interactions with the feds and his concerns about January 6th at the Capitol. But for those of you who missed our earlier interview, I'm going to kind of ask him to do a recap of that before we go on to uh, to further developments and, and new details in his story. Mr. Jackson, thanks for coming on the program. How are you today? I'm doing great this morning, sir, and, and I just want to appreciate you for having me back on. Thank you. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Now, we get new listeners to the Doc Washburn Show all the time. Uh, for people who did not hear our previous interview, maybe you can uh, tell my listeners uh, what we talked about last time. Yes, so pretty much we covered up why I was at January 6th, what I saw, Ashley Babbitt, what the what the cops were doing, letting people inside, what I was observing, what was weird, other people that had been removed from the wanted list, and also Luke Robinson, who I exposed back in January for being removed from the January 6th FBI wanted list, number 343, for carrying a firearm on Capitol grounds in the District of D.C. And just about a month or two ago, uh, a gentleman was sentenced to three to five years in prison for having a firearm on prison without any violent conduct. Wow. So um, if you don't mind, would you, because you were there when Ashley Babbitt was shot, right? I wasn't there exactly, but I was in the area. Um, it was so loud inside of the alarms going on and people talking, cops running down and cops talking to people, waving to people, and just people just protesting and doing what they were doing. And I, as soon as I get outside, about between 2.30 and 2.45, uh, somewhere around 2 p. it's somewhere around 2 p.m., uh, yeah. there was a gentleman screaming outside that they shot a woman, and that woman was Ashley Babbitt, but I was in that area. I just didn't hear the gunshot. 
Right. But I saw the I saw the commotion going on though. Right. Then after that, because right after that happened, when she got shot, that's when the like uh, paramilitary unmarked officers came in with uh, fully automatic uh, weapons, just pointing them at everyone and telling people to get down and started arresting people. That's when I just walked out. Yeah. So, um, so why were you at the uh, at the Capitol that day? I was just there to document the events, I, and most of all, it was my 25th birthday the day before, so I just wanted to go for my 25th birthday. I wanted to go see a Trump rally, and I wanted to go check out D.C., look for propaganda. They got socialist propaganda throughout that city. That There's ATMs that are just destroyed from the riots. It's run down. There's wooden boards over businesses. You know, I was just exposing that and looking at that and just going to hear the speeches and hang out with everyone. Then the next thing I know, everyone's going to the Capitol and everyone's being peaceful. That's when I, I initially saw the police officers and unmarked individuals and regular civilian attire, um, causing the crowd to get rallied up and started to cause the commotion. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, there are so many people in this country who get, uh, their information from the mainstream media. And so they believe um, that Trump supporters were violent on that day. They, um, a lot of them also believe that police officers were killed on January 6th because if they get their info from the mainstream media, they, they have no reason to believe otherwise. What, what did you actually see going on? at the Capitol, and, and we'll get to the recent developments and this Luke Robinson fellow, but what did you actually see going on at the Capitol that day? I just saw thousands of uh, peaceful protesters supporting our country, God, and our Constitution, and President Trump, who the election was stolen from, but they were all peaceful. You know, there was, there was yelling, there was chanting, you know, they were all being standing there peaceful, but what I saw and what started everything, the cops initiated the violence. They were throwing people, they were tackling them, they were jumping in and arresting people, they were beating them, aiming pepper guns at people, tasers. You know, actually, Dabby got shot. I mean, this Roseanne Boylan was being down. Uh, that's pretty much all I saw. Then you had the people in, that no one recognizes causing up and causing problems to make the cops react. But that's why I can't blame the Trump supporters or America first protesters, whatever you want to call them that fought back against cops because they were defending themselves and defending women and children and elderly men that were being beat by these young cops. Right, right, right. Um, so now what, um, what was the, the nature of what has been the nature of your, uh, legal difficulties, uh, based on you having been at the Capitol that day? Uh, my First Amendment and the media coming after me for being very outspoken and going against their narrative and and proving and showing that this is a whole this whole thing is just a psyop and and a, a straight attack on our sovereignty as individuals in this nation. Yeah. So so they have apparently prosecuted like or at least arrested. Some people don't have charges yet, even still something like 800 people, uh, including people who didn't even go in the Capitol building. 
Um, yes. But, but you, you are one of the people that has been prosecuted? Yes. I, I took the plea deal for prating and picketing because I knew there was no chance of my judge, no chance of a jury. The only reason the one gentleman who was acquitted because he was able to, he had a lot of reasonable grounds to prove himself, but he did a, a bench trial with a, a Trump appointed, uh, Trump appointed judge. Yeah. I think it was, uh, Judge McFadden. But for me, it's just a, it's a petty class B misdemeanor. Yeah. And I said, you know what? I don't care. I'll take out, it'll be stories to tell the grandkids one day. Wow. Wow. So, so you took the, uh, you took the plea deal and does that involve any, any time in jail? Yes. So, well, I didn't search. So the prosecutor wrote a 43 page memo on me for the government for his sentencing. Wow. And he never, he never released it to my lawyer first. He released it on a Sunday, uh, before uh, it was a national holiday. So uh, the government doesn't work on president's day the next day. He released it on a Sunday and the media released it on a Monday morning from getting it from them. And my lawyer didn't get any of it until Tuesday, but I informed her Monday, but since she wasn't working, she didn't get it until Tuesday. So the government released it on a Sunday and the media released it on a Monday morning, uh, twisting things and saying this and this because of, and that whole document too, it's an actual government document. Prosecutor Sean Murphy actually lied in there. He created fallacies and misconceptions. And he, tar- he specifically targeted my first amendment. Wow. So this is after you agreed to the plea deal. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, um, does your lawyer think you have any recourse about this? I haven't talked to her about that. I'm okay. just glad it's over with. Yeah. 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 But I, I mean, there, I'm sure there are ways for maybe some civil lawsuits or taking us some sort of way to get some sort of justice, you know, because the government did actually lie and I could prove it in my government memo for sentencing. Yeah. And he, he is quoted too by Epic times attacking my first amendment and I'll, I'll put you on speaker here real quick. So I can read it. I have the screenshot. This is one of the things he said sure. during court. Sure. I just want to make sure you hear me. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Okay. So this was from the Epic times. This was during my court zoom for my sentencing. And this was quoted. This is what Sean Murphy said. There is a severe danger and misinformation. Misinformation often does go viral. That is very dangerous with very dangerous effects none of which the defendant seems to be considering when he opens his mouth and spreads these statements. That's wow. what he specifically said about me. Yeah. So, so what kind of, what kind of jail time did you get? I didn't get any, but he was trying to give me 60 days in prison with my three years probation. Okay. So you, you didn't get any jail time, but you just got probation. Three, yes. I got three years probation and because what's going on, there's a, there's other few defendants out there. They're trying, it's called a split sentence where they give you prison time and probation, but it's legally not allowed and it's not even constitutional legally, even never even happened in this country. So the people that have been sentenced to prison and probation, they're already being appealed to higher courts. It's, 
it's they, the judges know it's not legal. The prosecutors know it's not legal. The lawyers say, you know, you know, this isn't legal, but the judges still go with it and give them prison time and probation. Wow. So they're giving them two sets. So especially, so this is a class B misdemeanor. The max is six months in prison. So you're going to give a guy 60 days in prison and some have gone between 45 to 90 with probation on top. You can't give two sentences for a one sentence, which is a petty misdemeanor with the max of six months in prison. Two sentences for one charge. Yeah. 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 Um, Wow. And, and, and one of the problems is when you have jury trials and you're dealing with a jury uh, in a in a city that voted 93 percent for Biden and they just want to put people in jail for being Trump supporters. Um, it, it, it makes things very difficult. I mean, a lot of guys are going for bench trials, hoping that the judges will be a little bit more fair than the, than the juries have been. Um and then you see a guy uh, the other day, Michael Sussman, a Hillary Clinton lawyer, yeah. who they had him dead to rights. He lied to the FBI. And the jury's like, yeah, we don't care about that because he, he, he's on the right side. He's on the right team. So um, so for people who did not hear our earlier interview, um, Luke Robinson, tell, tell, uh, tell my listeners about Luke Robinson. Okay, so – before we get to the January 6th part of this, sure. I met Luke. I met Luke. So on March 24th, the FBI came to my house to let them know they're investigating me. It spooked on my military disability. It took me to the VA hospital in Phoenix. I got checked in for five days. Is that March 24th I, last year? Yeah, uh, 2020. Yes. Okay. All right. Then on March 29th, I get out. On April 3rd, I meet up with a local activist here in Phoenix to document him. And that's where I meet Luke Robinson. I actually have him on video doing activist work. This was April 3rd, 2021. Okay. So from April 3rd, 2021 until my arrest of May 18th, 2021, we got together a few times and I have him on video just doing activist work all over Phoenix doing like anti-vaccines, COVID's a hoax. He's going into stores and telling people to take off masks. I have it all on video. Then I was arrested. I didn't hear from him again. I, I would text him here and there, see how he's doing, but that was it. I didn't think of anything. Right. So fast forward to the beginning of January. I get a text from one of my buddies, and he sends me a bunch of photos and the wanted photos photos from that guy wanted list. And he's like, hey, man, do you know this guy? And I started looking at it. I'm like, my golly. That's Luke Robinson. I have videos of him. I, I've done work with him around Phoenix. And what's weird about it, too, the last time I saw him, actually, which was just a random day, September 26, I think, summer, sometime around late September of 2021, Yeah, I ran into Luke at the state capitol here in Phoenix at the when we released the audit information, there was a huge rally outside. So that's the, uh, the, the, audit of the, the audit of the 2020 2020- um, election in, in Arizona? Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. So I ran into him. I didn't think of anything. He was, oh, cool, man, how you doing? But, you know, then I go back to January, I get that information from my buddy. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This guy had a gun on federal property in D.C. He was at the Capitol. He met me like six, ten days after the FBI came to my house, and he disappears when I'm arrested. 
what are the odds of that? But yeah. then what I also found out too is he was on the FBI wanted list sometime in May. And then when he was exposed by some leftist Twitter account, they took him off, which I had no idea about it. I just didn't see it. No one was paying attention to it. But then that's when I get involved in January and I, me and my buddy, he was able to find out he has a Craigslist and he asked him if he could buy a bike and we could meet him in a parking lot. Yeah. And that's when I peacefully and respectfully confront him with a bunch of photos and start asking him questions, you know, like, why were you there? Do you have ties to Ray Epps? He's also from Phoenix. Yeah. And he just, he kept his hands in his pockets. His face got white and he was nervous, but the most, so get this, when all that happened, the government came harder after me. Sure. My sentence, during my sentencing, they were, they told the judge that I was out harassing a private citizen. A uh, private citizen who uh, you have reasonable uh, doubts about whether he may actually be a federal asset. Yes. And he had a gun on the property, too. And I was, and, but so even one of the government paperwork that came out, uh, it was when you do a, a federal case or a trial, whatever, you got to do some sort of like probation paperwork or whatever. But on it, it said that I interrogated them, but I never interrogated them. So they were coming after me for exposing Luke Robinson. Sean Murphy, my prosecutor, was very belligerent and, and despised me on Twitter and social media and doing all my interviews because I was calling out the FBI, calling out politicians, and changing and proving the narrative of what actually happened on January 6th. Yeah. Now, for, for people who... I think Ray Epps, Ray Epps, I think I've heard that name, or I haven't heard that name. Ray Epps was a guy who's on video um, the day before January 6th and the morning of January 6th saying, we got to get into the Capitol, got to get into the Capitol. And the evening before January 5th, a bunch of people in a crowd started yelling, Fed, Fed, Fed at him because it's obvious this guy's a federal operative. Um, he helped uh, take down barricades to get people into the Capitol the next day. Um, there are people in the January 6th, uh, sham, uh, committee there in the U S house who say that he has testified, but he's never been brought up on charges. So it's reasonable to assume that he is a fed. Um, and you know, it, it's interesting here. You and a buddy are confronting Luke Robinson. I've seen the video in a public parking lot in the Phoenix area. Um, Call, just calmly asking questions. I mean, nobody's threatening him with violence or anything like that. Um, just very calmly asking him questions. And for a guy who has no reason to fear physical violence against himself to turn white as a sheet and get nervous, it kind of makes you wonder, well, gee, is the truth bothering him? Yes, I agree. It and it really makes me look back at the times we were working together. What was he telling the FBI or how did he know that to be here with these people where I was going to go see my friend and go record what he does yeah. with the work I do? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, one of the reasons that we got you on the program today is there have been some recent developments of the feds going after other people that you know, can you please tell my listeners um, uh, what's going on with that? 
Yes. So my buddy, a couple, a few months ago, before Luke Robinson, it was my friend who went to Ray Epps's, uh outside of his property where it was safe, it was public to confront him. Two weeks after that, the FBI came to his house and knocked on his door. Now, was this the guy who uh, there's video out there of him confronting, again, peacefully confronting Ray Epps, trying to ask him some questions when Ray Epps is uh, uh, riding around on a golf cart? Yes, that was that was him. That was actually him. Another guy talking was the other buddy with me. We're all three friends here in the Valley. Yeah, yeah. So there was that guy, but now recently, the, the guy who was with me and Grayson, uh, Kyle Clifton, very uh, patriotic Christian here in the Valley. And, and by the Valley, you're talking about the Maricopa County, uh, Arizona area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we call Phoenix the Valley because it's so big. Yep, yep. So he's pretty active, too. And he, he's been one of those guys. He wasn't at January 6th. So that guy hasn't been really watching him, but he has a very good Telegram page, and he's a, people leak him stuff, and he does very, very great um, proving stuff with actual footage to say what's going on. But the most recent thing right now is a mutual friend of ours, Ethan Smith, he's gone national all over America with – he goes by the anti-maskers club and he goes into stores. He goes into left wing rallies and he confronts them. He's peaceful. And he has all the footage of him being assaulted, kicked, spit on, uh, kicked out of stores, kicked out of rallies. The, the state police on the Capitol even arrested them. At, there was a huge left wing uh, rally for Roe versus Wade. And the cops just arrested him to get him out of there because of how crazy that crowd was getting. Good grief. So he, he, he's been getting multiple death threats, and the FBI contacted him to let him know that. And he actually went there to go talk to him and see what was going on. But then the FBI, they didn't tell him, but we already know there's an open investigation into him because the state police here in Arizona have an investigation in him, and they want to get him for hate speech and uh violence and discrimination because he's going after the LGBT community this month and, and confronting them and going after the ones that are indoctrinating kids all over the Valley. So he goes into targets and he, he sees all the LGBT stuff. It's all in the kids section. It's yeah. not in the adult section. Yeah. And he, he go, he goes protest and he go talks to the manager and he confronts him. Like, why do you support this? Like you, this is bad for our kids. Yeah. So, and he's, he's not a violent person. He doesn't break any laws, but the FBI is clearly being very active all over the America, especially here in Phoenix, watching me and watching all of my uh, friends who I work with because of the work we're getting done in a peaceful manner. Yeah. Um, and, and again, and it's, and it's first amendment issues. That's the problem. They're coming after first amendment issues. You must have ESPN too. You read my mind. I was just getting ready to say, we're talking about, uh, First Amendment protected speech, but again, yes. I mean, so let me ask you: um, within the last forty-eight hours, uh, Florida U.S. Congressman uh, Matt Gates goes on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox News and said, "Guess what? We just found out the FBI has had a working unit inside the DNC law firm Perkins Coy now for at least ten years you know we've been we've been saying for for years the fbi acts like you know it's uh 
its top goal is to protect the Democrat Party establishment. But when you hear that the FBI actually has had a working unit inside this DNC law firm for all these years, how does that make you feel? Oh, it's disgusting. That's that's straight up fascism, KGB, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Gestapo, anything. It's That is a Marxist police force, and we know what they do. They work for the politicians and the government, and they come after the people with their opposing views and people that are Christians and individual liberties and freedom. But exactly what the, what the FBI is doing now is no different than what the, the Nazis did with their special forces. Italy and KGB and the Soviet Union. And that's one of the things uh, Sean Murphy, the prosecutor came after me. He, and that if, and it's even in that 40 page page memo when during my sentence, he went on a 25 plus minute rant, just talking about my actions specifically going after my first amendment. You know, I called uh, part of my French. I called the, I went on Twitter and I said, the FBI are comedy pieces of, Ouch. He said that on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, but he said that during the court sentence, like that was he was trying to incriminate me for calling the FBI commies pizza. Ouch. Yeah, I oh, mean, yeah. So, and, and that's they're, common, they're, they're trying to they're, they're protecting the FBI. So every time I was attacking them, they're doing whatever they can to protect their uh, their value, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and that's not really polite language. They're probably uh, uh, are. Uh, might be uh, more polite ways to put it, but it is First Amendment uh, uh, protected speech. Um, so are, are any of these other uh, friends and acquaintances of yours, uh, Are they uh, have they been brought up on charges? Uh, Grayson has not, but he's, he's being prepared if they do so because he was there. They know he was there. And they asked if he had, they want, you know, they're just looking for more footage and everything. But the thing is, he never went inside. But they were they were charging people who never went inside anyways. I was going to say, they have been charging uh, people who never went inside the Capitol building in the first place. And, of course, they've charged plenty of people who went inside the Capitol building um, and were not violent, conducted no vandalism whatsoever, um, whereas... When liberals go inside the Capitol building and are violent, they don't get charged. Exactly. And what's unique about my three friends here in the Valley, we have pretty big social media accounts and we have a lot of connections. So, you know, they're coming, they're really coming after these, these influencers and these small influencers in the political arena that are coming up and that are getting work done in their, in their area of the state they live in. Yeah. You know, and that, you know, so the, the parading and picketing charge. Yeah, it's the same. The same. It's the same charge. It says you can't protest or picket outside a judge's house. Right. To for a ruling, and just a couple of weeks ago, people for O versus uh, Roe versus Wade on the left were out in judges' houses protesting outside of their houses. That's the parading and picketing charge. That's that's no different than January sixth. And then you have the people. I think it happened last summer when they stormed in the environmental building and they actually got violent there too. And nothing happened to them. They just got arrested and released the same day or got a ticket. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it, there's no question we're talking about the unequal application of justice in this, in this country. There's, there's no, there's no question about it. 
Um, There's no equal justice, and that's why this whole – I have the 40-page page memo. I mean, one of the things the prosecutor lied on, so my grandfather passed away last September. I have the text messages from both my pretrial officer, he was like a probation officer during uh, pretrial, and my lawyer, and they both called each other to approve. So I have all text messages, and I have both their approval. that I, I was allowed to travel to Montana to stay with my dad for about five days so I could go to my grandpa's funeral. Yeah. So I drive there, go to the funeral, whatever, come back. The sentencing memo comes out in uh, February, a day before President's Day, and I'm going through it on page 14 or 17, Sean Murphy says that I possibly violated my pretrial agreement. And if he would have knew about this, he would have put me back in jail. And this was for traveling to Montana for my grandpa's funeral. But here's the catch. It doesn't say I went to my grandpa's funeral or I went to Montana. I, so I stopped in rifle Colorado and what's special about rifle Colorado. That's Lauren Borbert's uh, district in Colorado, who's a super mega woman and a Christian. Yeah. So she has that restaurant called Shooter's Grill. And it was a, it was early morning. Like, oh, I never knew this. Cool. I'm going to stop here, check out her restaurant, eat some breakfast, talk to the staff, and just say, you know, I support what they do. Yeah. And that's what I did. So instead of saying I went to Montana for my grandpa's funeral, he instead put I stopped at Shooter's Grill in Rifle, Colorado, without permission. Yeah. Even yeah. though that's bogus because my lawyer and my pretrial officer both agreed, and my lawyer even contacted the D.C. pretrial services if I needed their approval, but they said, no, it's between uh, you and Arizona. So that's some of the stuff that was going on in there. And another thing that happened, too, is he went back into my past using photos that have nothing to do with January 6th, like months before January 6th. Yeah. So they were using – Instead of coming after the conduct and what happened on January 6th, yeah. they went a year back into my life before January 6th, on January 6th, and all the way up until I got sentenced. And I, that, and like, you talk about unequal justice, like that's, that's it right there. This, this whole thing was shammed. It was rigged. It just biased. And it just not even ethical on a court system in our country and the constitutional republic that we have. Well, the other day they were doing a trial in D.C. on a January 6th defendant, uh, and they showed a Trump 2020 flag. In other words, well, this guy's a Trump supporter. you got to throw the book at him. No question about it. So let me ask you, before we wrap up here, um, what um, if, if people want to find out more about your story, perhaps, uh, uh, you know, uh, help you in some way do you have a, a a website or a social media uh account that people can find out more about mckagey jackson yes sir so if you follow me at twitter telegram instagram gab all the main social media outlets besides facebook just type in the jfk report okay and that's me i'll say constitutional social libertarian marine veteran it'll be jfk and a black and white photo, that's me. And I usually post articles, and I'll, re, I'll repost old articles, and you can read about me. If you DM me, I always respond. I don't have that many followers, so I'm able to respond to most of everyone, and I appreciate it, Doc. 
Yeah, so it's um, it's JFK Report or the JFK Report? The JFK Report. The JFK Report. Yep, either one you type in, you're going to find it because mine, the media, if you Google it, you're going to find it. Is I'm constantly getting uh, media articles against me from my tweets and what I talk about. The media despises me because I just I come after them hard. Yeah, and I know I'm looking at your uh, Twitter profile right now, and your pinned tweet is video of you uh, back in January confronting this guy, Luke Philip Robinson, who you were saying was at the Capitol with a firearm um, and has not been prosecuted for that. And, of course, you, you look at that and you're just like, well, it's got to be a Fed because they're prosecuting people. You know, the overwhelming majority did not bring any kind of weapon, much less a firearm. And then the the the, uh, the next tweet you have is is actually a link to a story from the AP of all places. Dateline Phoenix, an Arizona woman indicted in 2020 on accusations of illegally collecting ballots, apparently ran a sophisticated operation to persuade voters to let her gather and in some cases fill out their ballots. The AP of all places is actually doing that story. So, you know, I would recommend people, if you're on Twitter, you need to follow the JFK report because uh, McKajer Jackson is bringing out news that you're not going to see elsewhere. I, I mean, most of us ignore the AP because a lot of this stuff is, is propaganda. <laughs> but but even they're saying, well, yeah, I guess I hate to admit it, but the uh, uh, it's kind of a mass a voter fraud thing going on there in Arizona, and McKaja Jackson brings it to you at the JFK Report uh, on Twitter, and as you say on a bunch of other social media platforms uh, that uh, that conservatives uh, might find more appealing, because a lot of conservatives uh, have gotten off of Twitter. Yes, and I would just like to mention, you know, uh, I am a, I, I am a very devoted Christian. But I am I have radical ideas, but in a radical sense of pro America. Yeah. So I do have a potty mouth. So if anyone, I apologize for that. But I am a loving person. I love God. I love this country. So if you don't mind the radical tweets I have, you're going to love my page. And I really appreciate having me on, Doc. All right, McKaja Jackson. I appreciate you coming on, brother. Uh, God, oh, yeah. God bless you, and uh, we uh, uh, keep in touch and, and let us know what happens. God bless. Yep. Take care. All right. God bless. Thanks so much. All right. All right. So there you have it. Um, we have gone way, way long uh, on this interview, and it's time to remind you again how thankful we are to our advertisers for making it possible for us to do what we do. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button 
guide you through a few easy questions, and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable Plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says Schedule Call Now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big red button, schedule call now, book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401K or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there, and there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501 503-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link. 
to Jonathan Presswood and Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. All right, thanks once again to our friends Jonathan uh, Jonathan Presswood, Art Wilborn, and Mitch Ward over at Red River. We appreciate you making us able to do the things that we do here. We appreciate our advertisers. All right, now, um, one of the things that I have been highlighting for quite some time is that Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson is a rhino, Republican in name only, to the nth degree. And one of the things I pointed out and why I developed a, a following when I was running for governor is that my opponent, now the Republican nominee for governor of Arkansas, refused to criticize him for anything, including shutting down a lot of small businesses, 2020, COVID mania, including his support for mass mandates for three-year-olds, including his support for transgender surgery of little ones. Oh, yeah. He vetoed the bill to outlaw it. Now, now, Asa is one of those rhinos who's rolling over, rolling over for the gun industry. Pardon me, not the gun industry, the anti-gun zealots. The anti-gun zealots, sorry, sleep deprivation. People who want to take your guns away. So Aza was on uh, CNN earlier this week, and here's how it went. Human ground on gun safety measures. With me now is the Republican governor of Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, who led the task force launched by the NRA after the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Newtown, Connecticut. Governor, thank you so much for coming in. It's great to see you. There's this bipartisan meeting today, and the word that we use there is common ground. So I'm wondering, what's the one area, and I'm talking about guns here, not as much as schools, what's the one area on gun safety where you think there could be common ground? Yeah, because uh, the CNN guy definitely doesn't want to talk about schools. The, the, the Look, the way to stop active shooters, the way to stop mass shooters of course, is to do away with gun-free zones. So the bad guys know that they could be shot just by raising the gun to shoot at their first victim. But CNN doesn't want to talk about that. They want, they want Republicans to roll over for those who want to make our lives more dangerous. And Aza Hutchinson says, oh, pick me, pick me. So here he is on CNN. Well, first of all, I think you've got to be able to talk about uh, the uh, AR-15 style weapons and uh, whether that's an 18 or 21 age. Uh, so he goes on record that he wants adults under a certain age to not be able to protect and defend themselves. Right there. Right there. The AR-15 style weapons. Give me a break. One of the biggest, the biggest mass shooting at a uh, an an institution of higher learning in this country was Virginia Tech a few years back, and the guy used two handguns. Aza doesn't care. He wants to be president, and he thinks 
there's some kind of wing, liberal wing of the Republican Party. Uh, you have to at least have a conversation about that. No, you don't. Uh, that's tough because uh, the challenge with the gun safety discussion is uh, what makes a difference. And uh, whenever you look at what might make a difference, it's hard to come up with a solution. And that's why you cannot just simply focus on a gun safety discussion. It's got to also be about investment in higher levels of school safety. Investment. Now, uh, it didn't work very well in Uvalde, but they didn't follow the guidebook either, and what it appears to be. And um, since they keep on changing the story and lying, how do you know what they did and what they didn't do? And so that's an extraordinary tragedy that's driving the discussion today as it should. But I hope that uh, the senators, first of all, I applaud them for meeting together. As a governor, uh, America wants to see, uh, in a bipartisan way, this kind of discussion going on. No, no. No, we don't. The Democrat Party is trying to destroy this country. We don't want anything bipartisan with these Marxists. But again, it's Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, so, you know. Looking for solutions that make a difference. The Democrat United States senators are not looking for solutions that make a difference. They want to turn us into Zimbabwe, into Venezuela. And if Asa Hutchinson is not bright enough to realize that, he's part of the problem. I hope to be able to mirror that as a governor and that we can have a bipartisan working group of governors also looking at this issue, issue and how we can do better for our children. I think As if Democrats want to do better for our children. The party of abortion wants to do better for children. Oh, that's right. Aza himself is pro-abortion. Yup. Yup. This guy who's always out there talking about how awful abortion is, how we need to stop it every year at the Arkansas State Capitol. Arkansas March for Life recently said if Roe v. Wade is overturned that the U.S. Congress should not address abortion, that it should be left up to the state legislatures. He wants abortions to continue in the Democrat states. I'm done. I'm not. No, I'm done. I just X'd out that tab. Forget it. That's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. Hutchinson says there could be bipartisan support for raising the age limit to buy an AR-15 to 21. And what will that do? Precisely nothing, but he doesn't care. Asa's looking out for Asa. That's it. That is it. All right, now. Having said that, I don't know. I don't know if you have heard about this, but um, the White House press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre, doesn't have a very good grasp on the English language. Earlier this week, Peter Ducey, Fox News asked her, does President Biden take any responsibility for his policies potentially contributing to inflation? And apparently she's one of these people 
who is unfamiliar with the word have, H-A-V-E. It's excruciating trying to listen to this, but hey, that's why you come to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn, right? Here we go. Don't say it and warn you. So I guess the next question would be, does President Biden take any responsibility for his policies potentially contributing to inflation? His policies has helped the economy. Wait, his policies has? No, it should be his policies have. Okay, let's try it again. His policies has helped the economy get back on its feet. That's what his policy has his policies has done. His policies has done? They didn't even care if she's familiar with the English language. Well, let's see. She's black, she's female, she's attractive. Oh, by the way, we mentioned she's lesbian. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can she speak the English language? Well, who cares? She checks off all the boxes. Here's more. Um, this, when we talk about the gas prices right now, this is indeed Putin's gas hike. Again, I've been saying this for quite some time now. Going back to when I had the radio talk show. Biden's handlers, to the extent there is a vetting process, they make sure they hired people for his administration who don't skip a beat telling bald-faced lies. Gas prices were soaring before this Putin-Ukraine thing. They couldn't care less. They're lying. We know they're lying, and they know we know they're lying, and it doesn't matter. This is what we have seen in the most recent months of, of what we've seen at the gas pump. And so that is a fact. We have seen about 60% increase uh, uh, in the past several months and because of uh, the amassing and his invasion of Ukraine. And so the president, his goal right now and what he is frustrated about is what the, peop- what the American people have to go through. And what they are. No, he's not. He's been talking about what a wonderful thing it is. They were transitioning away from using uh, carbon, transitioning away from using gas and oil. He's not frustrated. He likes it. He was asked yesterday, Biden was, about uh, Americans feeling the pain at the pump. He started laughing. She's lying and she doesn't care, but she gets paid to lie. Are trying to deal with as they are, as they are, are around their kitchen table. So that is his focus right now. Yeah, what a what a joke. What a joke. Uh follow up. Again. Peter Ducey, Fox with uh new White House press secretary, see uh, Jen Psaki resigned to go work for MSNBC. Karine Jean-Pierre that I understand. The Treasury Secretary says that she was wrong, but the White House was not wrong about so inflation. Here's the thing. We have we have we have achieved a first of all, I explained to you what she was trying to say. So I just laid that out. So those are your words, not my words. I just laid out what she was trying to say and tried to explain in full in fullness 
uh, her, her part in, in, in her answer. We have achieved an, an historic recovery through an extraordinarily unprecedented economic moment. The president has consistently noted that the primary drivers of inflation are the pandemic and Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Neither of which is true. The primary driver of inflation is the Biden administration intentionally making it more expensive to buy fuel. Joe Biden shutting down the Keystone XL pipeline day one of office. That's primary drivers, but they don't care. The twists and turns of both these monumental events have affected energy prices and also food prices that we have seen these past several months. This is Putin's price hike, which the president refers to, and that is what Secretary Yellen was referring to. If you if you read the entire transcript, and that's what I'm I'm trying to say to you. Hopefully, hopefully that lands. Nope. Yellen said she was wrong in predicting that inflation would be temporary and it wouldn't get that bad. Yellen said she was wrong. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to these people. So, question for you. Have you heard about um, Matt Walsh's brilliant new movie, entitled What is a Woman? There was a targeted, very sophisticated attack on the Daily Wire website last night to try to keep people from seeing the What is a Woman movie. Now, we got a clip from it. That's really brilliant. And uh, thank you to Seth Dillon, CEO of the Babylon Bee, the world's most trusted, factually accurate news source, which is actually a satire site. Seth Dillon says, this is brilliant. With simple, dispassionate questions, Matt Walsh reveals that mere curiosity about the truth is enough to offend people who have built their careers and lifestyles on the back of the suppression of the truth. And it's about a 40-second clip, and it goes like this. I'm not even talking about social context. I'm I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of, like, getting to the truth. Again, in social life... Why is that uncomfortable? Because that, it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, And if you you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. If I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying to you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on... 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. You got that? You got that? Daily Wire responds to that saying they can't handle the truth, so they try to suppress it. Don't let them. Watch what is a woman. The question you're not allowed to ask, the documentary they don't want you to see. What is a woman? I think it's 
I think it's available at, um, what is a woman.com? I think that's where you can see it. Let me, let me double check because that'd be easier than going to Daily Wire and getting a membership and all that. Uh, what is a woman.com? Is that going to work? Okay, that takes you to the the Daily Wire. Um, website, but apparently this thing is setting records, and everybody, so many people. Let me put it that way. So many people that I follow on social media are saying this is the best documentary they've ever seen, and. You gotta see it. So I'm looking forward. I, I I hope my wife and I will have time to look at it tonight. Um, because it's uh, by all accounts a phenomenal, phenomenal documentary. Now I I usually don't do this this early in the show, but. Uh, but I'm finna do it anyway. Hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the United States that believes in freedom, including your freedom, to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice, the way you want to, online, and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the 48 continental United States. So a guy named Brian Doherty said, the guy that Matt Walsh was talking to, who was so offended by the concept of truth, reminds me of Nathan Thurm, the smarmy Saturday Night Live Martin Short character, back when... Saturday Night Live was still funny. So this is the tweet of the day. This is uh, some funny stuff here. This week, a Los Angeles Times poll revealed that Ronald Reagan is approved of by 68% of the American voters. Our SNL follow-up poll reveals that the remaining 32% approves of popular singer Jerry Vale. (laughs) According to a soon-to-be-published EPA survey, tobacco smoke breathed by non-smokers is the most dangerous cancer-causing air pollutant. It may be responsible for between 500 and 5,000 deaths each year. These findings are sure to intensify the debate over separating smokers from non-smokers in offices, restaurants, and other public areas. Tonight, we go by satellite to Asheville, North Carolina, to speak with Nathan Thurm, a lawyer representing the tobacco growers of America. Which claims that the EPA's findings are erroneous and misleading. Mr. Thurm, we appreciate your willingness to talk with us tonight. What do you mean by that? Well, simply that we want to thank you for taking time out from your schedule. Why wouldn't I be able to take time out from my schedule? It's so interesting that you think I wouldn't be able to take time out from my schedule. As if the tobacco industry's case was so weak that defending it took up all my time. It's so funny that you would think that. It's so funny. Well, m- Mr. Thurm... <laughs> If I may begin, the links between cigarette smoking and cancer and heart disease are, are well established. Are they? I don't, I don't know that they are. Well, Mr. Thurm, scientific research has shown that to be the case. No, it hasn't. 
Well, with respect, I'm afraid that it has. That's your opinion. And I can show you equal numbers of studies that prove that smoking can be beneficial for you. You can? Yes. Well, could you name them? Why should I name them? Why don't you name them? <laughs> well, how could I name them? I've never heard of these studies. I know that. Well, if, if I may continue... You don't think I know that? That's so funny that you don't think I know that. Why wouldn't you think I know that? Is it me or is it him? I don't know. Clearly, the federal government feels that smoking causes cancer and heart disease because the EPA is now talking of the dangers of smoking to non-smokers. No, it isn't. Well, yes, it is. I know that. You don't think I know that? <laughs> Mr. Thurm, what is the tobacco industry's response to the EPA claim that smoking harms non-smokers? What is your response to the fact that your jacket may cause health problems for other people with its wool, not even to bring up the cut of your jacket? <laughs> what is your point, Mr. Thurm? My point is that no one knows what causes disease, whether it's cigarette smoking or your jacket or you're being so abusive to people in the news. I mean, you're ultimately so offensive, don't you think? Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, Mr. Thurm, but uh, that's all the time we have tonight. Thank you for I'm joining us. All right, all right, all right. Back on Saturday Night Live used to still be funny. There is your tweet of the day. This guy, this uh, character played by Martin Short back in the 80s, reminded one, reminded me for that matter, of the uh, the guy who was very offended by Matt Walsh, referring to the concept of the truth. The truth. Now, uh, a little bit earlier on the show, I had a clip from Aza Hutchinson, governor of Arkansas, um, professing his willingness to bend over backwards for the gun control freaks. You know, there's a reason we call him a rhino, Republican in name only. Coming up in just a couple, we'll hear from some Republicans who are actually willing to stand up for our constitutional rights. The kind of Republicans that Aza doesn't like because they believe in our constitutional rights. That is uh, that's coming up in mere moments here on the Doc Washburn Show. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another... If you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. 
Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justamintonlaw.com today. Hey, I'd like to help you with some health issues. You have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted, because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. All right, thanks once again to uh, Dr. J.R. and Tanya Crabtree, Arkansas Cervical Center, and our other friend, Attorney Justin Menton, for being advertisers who support the voice of the resistance, the Doc Washburn Show here. All right, John R. Lott Jr. and Thomas Massey have a new article out in, of all places, Newsweek. John R. Lott Jr., professor at University of Chicago, wrote a book back in the 90s called More Guns, Less Crime. And Thomas Massey, U.S. representative from Kentucky, the kind the rhinos hate. And their op-ed is entitled, Democrats are trying to jam a terrible gun control law through Congress. Here's what they say. Democrats are pushing legislation that will dramatically change gun ownership in the United States. U.S. Representative Jerry Nadler's Protecting Our Kids Act, which the House Judiciary Committee will hear today, will make it much more difficult for people to defend themselves from crime. Americans are right to be skeptical of Democrats' intentions. Joe Biden, I refuse to call him president because they stole it. Joe Biden talked on Monday about banning the vast majority of handguns in a Gallup survey of Democrats last fall, found that 40% of Democrats wanted to ban all civilian-owned handguns. It seems Democrats will only be satisfied when guns have been completely banned in the U.S. If the Democrats have their way on this legislation, otherwise law-abiding citizens will face up to 10 years in prison for temporarily lending a gun to someone else, even for good reason. Here are some of the terrible provisions in this bill. 
If Democrats successfully raise the firearm purchase age to 21, an endangered 20-year-old woman would not be old enough to buy a gun to defend herself. Research shows having a gun is the most effective way for women to defend themselves against male attackers. The push for a higher age limit stems from 18-year-olds committing a couple of the high-profile recent mass shootings, but of the 89 U.S. public, uh, pardon me, but of the 89 U.S. mass public shootings since 1998, higher age restrictions would have been relevant for precisely eight of those 89 attacks. If the higher age restriction had been in effect since 1998, only four of the 88 attacks. Four and a half percent of the total could have been clearly prevented. That's also assuming the perpetrators would not have found another way of obtaining a gun or merely used a different weapon. For instance, the perpetrators of the Columbine mass shooting enlisted an older female as a straw purchaser in order to obtain three firearms they were ineligible to purchase themselves due to their age. If we were to ban gun purchases based on the age groups, that have committed the most mass public shootings. Most attacks are committed by 21 to 25-year-olds, followed by those aged 36 to 45. Before 1994, while some states had their own age limits, there was no federal age requirement for buying a rifle. Thomas Marvell conducted the only peer-reviewed study on this change in the journal of law and economics. He concluded where the 1994 laws seem to have an impact, the suggestion is almost always that crime increases, thus there's no evidence that these bans had their intended effect. Marvell found that age limits were associated with a 6% increase in firearm homicides. How about universal background checks? Let's say a stalker threatens a female friend of yours. She asks you if she can borrow your handgun. She is trained. She has no criminal record. Should you loan her your gun? If the Democrats' gun control bill becomes law, loaning her your gun could land you in prison for up to 10 years plus fines. The only exception would be for family members. Even annual Boy Scout shooting trips would have legal ramifications Adults who lend military members their guns might soon find themselves in prison. Democrats can't point to a single mass public shooting this century that would have been prevented by federally mandated universal background checks. Even ardent gun control proponent Senator Chris Murphy, Democrat Connecticut, had no response when CBS's John Carl asked him six years ago, why are we focusing on things that have nothing to do with the massacres that we are responding to. Oh, my goodness. Did John Carl move over to CBS, or is that a typo? Because he was always on uh, on ABC. I'm sorry, yeah, it is ABC. It, it, it's a typo, no big deal. Cost is another factor. When considering universal background checks, 
In Washington, D.C., where Democrats will vote on this legislation, it costs $125 to do a background check for the private transfer of a gun. These costs present a real obstacle to poor people living in high-crime urban areas. The law-abiding victims of violent crimes who live in these areas may be unable to afford these costs. Criminals and gang members will most certainly not be paying these fees. Democrats routinely claim that requiring free voter IDs imposes too much of a burden on poor minorities who want to vote. They do not see the irony, however, in requiring IDs which are not free, in this case, and additional fees for those who wish to exercise their Second Amendment right and purchase firearms. How about banning homemade guns? Americans have been making guns since before the United States was a country, and the process is becoming increasingly straightforward with the advent of 3D printing. Some homemade guns don't have serial numbers, like those engraved on guns by licensed manufacturers. Democrats argue that serial numbers are essential to identifying criminals and solving crime. Their reasoning is straightforward. If a gun is left at a crime scene and the criminal bought it through a licensed dealer, the gun's serial number can help trace the gun back to the criminal. Nice logic, but realistically, it has never worked that way. Guns used to commit crime are very rarely left at the crime scene. The few that have been were not purchased from a licensed dealer anyway. Criminals are typically not stupid enough to leave behind a traceable gun. When a gun is left at the scene, it is usually because a criminal has been seriously injured or killed. There's no challenge in solving such crimes, even without tracing. Even going a step further and creating a gun registry has similarly failed to solve crimes. Expensive gun registry programs from Hawaii to Chicago to New York simply have not solved any crimes. Democrats are pushing regulations that will not protect our children. While Democrats promote soft-on-crime policies, such as letting criminals out of jail and refusing to prosecute criminals, they also want to make it harder for law-abiding Americans to protect themselves. At least Democrats will have a look on the criminal vote this November. So that is an op-ed in Newsweek. Democrats are trying to jam a terrible gun control law through Congress. And it is written by John R. Lott, Jr., president of the Crime Prevention Research Center and the author, most recently, of Gun Control Myths. And U.S. Representative Thomas Massey, who represents Kentucky's 4th Congressional District and is co-chairman of the Second Amendment Caucus. I wonder if any of the U.S. representatives from Arkansas on the Second Amendment Caucus. Just a thought. Just a thought. All righty, y'all. That is it. You've been listening to episode 165 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care 
of Sheriff Mansour Sempier the Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Thursday, June second, twenty twenty two.